Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, then. Give us a nice, give us a nice big yawn. Oh, yeah. That's... <laughs> I'm going to start every show with a big yawn now. Every stand-up performance. Just come on. <laughs> like, I really don't want to be there. <laughs> How oh, unprofessional! Mean you're bored. It means it, <laughs> I hear that yawning means that you're you're in a changed state. Is that right? That isn't it just getting state, um, yes. a big hit of oxygen? Isn't it? So I was just making sure I had plenty of oxygen to my brain, so I can, you know. Well, I thought that was in a cylinder next to your bed. <laughs> my iron lung. Oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> oh dear. Well, you might need it, but we won't talk about why. Um, <laughs> right. Shall we? Oh, God, Royfield's going to put all this in as well, isn't he? Bastard. Oh, do you know right, what I haven't done? I, because what? I'm unprofessional. I'm doing it now. So I've done it now. I hadn't opened the script, but I've opened it now. There we are. That was um, a well, little might peek need behind the curtain there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't, let, don't let light in on magic. You know, it's, <laughs> it's spoiled. It's all smoke and mirrors. Right, okay. Oh, have I done everything? Yes, I have done everything. Right. How's Stand my new by. How's my new microphone sounding? I hope. Um, oh, it's sounding wonderful. I'm hoping this episode won't sound like I've recorded it in a swimming pool. No, it doesn't. It <laughs> sounds It sounds dead good. Um, Excellent. Can you Can you Can you get uh, claim tax back on it for a Too professional? Too bloody right, I can. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've now spurted lemon juice all over my 27 inch iMac. Oh dear. I, I thought you'd hit a gong then. I thought that's a new way of starting the show. Last <laughs> really? week I yawn and now you're banging a gong. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> right, we're already two minutes in and we haven't even started hear, the I show. I could hear your brain looking for the euphemism there, Robert Wilson. Right, let's, let's crack on. <sighs> this podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Here we are, up Gloucester Passage in Brighton, <laughs> outside the Eagle Pub at the Dumpty Dum Brighton Meetup, organised by Kerry Warbis. Yay! I was about to say let's have a cheer for Kerry, but hey, we all know what we're doing. This is our Dumpty Dum. Dumpty 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 diddly dumpty diddly dumpty diddly dum Dumpty 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 dum Dumpty diddly dum They always do their own bloody sheep these days We've got sound effects I heard you laughing in the background there Happy memory
<laughs> well, you can remember it. I can't. <laughs> this is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on average in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the poignantly unopened bottle of brown sauce that is Robert Wilson. And with me, I have the old set of false teeth that even the charity shop won't take. That is... Angela Barnes. Thanks again there, Robert. <laughs> oh, I keep on delivering. And oh, the yeah. last part of Joe Grundy's <laughs> Earthly Possessions, folks, is you. This week's Dumpty Dum is from everyone who came to the Brighton Meetup, as you might have picked up. That includes, but it's not exclusively, to uh, Lucy Saunders, Quentin Rayner, Greavesy, Chris R., Olivia, Sarah Brown, Brian Holding, Vincent Murphy, and of course, Kerry Warbis, and her friend who isn't on Twitter, Angela. If someone wants to send us a Dumpty Dum, how can they do that? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction, or even if you've just seen something awful hiding under a bush in Manorfield Close, then call us on 0203 031 3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her brilliant voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. Uh, Derek says he's really looking forward to Dumpty Dum Live in Birmingham in November. In fact, he's already been testing his equipment in the front room, uh, but he's had to keep the curtain closed to stop the neighbours complaining about his knob twiddling. Yeah, he had some trouble last time, I hear. Mm. <laughs> Too much gain, apparently. On <laughs> this week's episode, we hear that that's one for all you sound buffs out there. Audio files will love that joke. On this week's episode, uh, all one of you out there. On this week's episode, we hear views from Old Grey Whiskers, New York Nigel, Master Miles, and Witherspoon. And we do have a woman, that's Maddie, and she's got news of the Ottawa meetup. But first, before the calls, let's brace ourselves for Angela Barnes's Week in Ambridge. This week, the village is in mourning, of course, for Joe Grundy, with everyone popping round to Grange Farm to pay their last respects and to drop off a pie or a pasty or <laughs> any other food high in fat and salt content to make sure no other Grundy lives as long as Joe did. <laughs> Susan and Clary finally put their differences behind them and they made up, which is a relief. An atmosphere hasn't been that awkward in a dairy since Country Life booked Johnny Rotten for its adverts. <laughs> Eddie and Clary are feeling the pressure of coping with the death in the family at the same time as having to move into number one, the green. So Eddie went to Oliver to see if the Grundys can stay on at Grange Farm until after the funeral. At this rate, we'll be out of the EU before the Grundys leave that farm. Oliver's had more <laughs> extension requests than a suburban planning committee and Michel Barnier put together. <laughs> I really empathise with Eddie and Clary this week, though. When you lose someone close to you, it's finding their belongings for weeks, months and years afterwards that really do bring it flooding back. And I'm sure Joe did love his brown sauce, though I have him down less HP and more daddies. And the line <laughs> of the week has got to be Clary's, you're not serious about brown sauce, Eddie. I'm not even going to try and write something funny about that. You can't improve on perfection. I do, however, have an idea for Joe's false teeth. Stick him in the middle of a mop head, stand it on Joy Horville's doorstop, <laughs> ring the bell and run away. I reckon she'll be on to her fourth photo album before she realises she's not getting much response from her new pal. <laughs> Elsewhere in the village, Rory is suddenly interested in finding out more about his mother because he's at that curious age, you know. And it's definitely not because he's remembered she's Irish and he's got a whiff of the opportunity to get himself a shiny <laughs> EU passport before his future's completely ruined. 
Lizzie told Rory some tales of his mother mucking about at Lower Loxley, pretending to be some plasterer's wife or something. I don't know. Sounds hilarious. These poshos, eh? What larks? Uh, Despite Rory specifically asking her not to, Lizzie tells Brian and Jenny Darling how he's been feeling in a move that suggests how Lizzie is not unlike her sister. It sounds like something that St. Shula would do, doesn't it? Go directly against someone's wishes so that she can be the saviour and get to feel good about herself. So Brian and Jennifer do eventually speak to Rory about his mother, Siobhan. And he said to them, it feels like my mother's a shadow, which makes perfect sense because in my mind, Siobhan was a dead ringer for Hank Marvin. (laughs) There was some farming business about this week, uh, abattoirs, Vince Casey, stuff that I found very tedious. There seemed to be some lengthy exposition about someone called Bill Oldfield's granddaughter, Selena, doing the admin for Hassett Hills, which presumably will become relevant to something at some point. The bottom line seems to be that Adam and David have to spend two hours each way going to meet Vince Casey to discuss slaughter, and Brian wonders whether it's worth staying in beef next year. Adam says that the Chinese market is opening up, so presumably they'll need beef to shred and put in a lovely chilli sauce. I might be over my depth for this as a non-carnivore. Jazza and Jim go for a lovely stroll, and Jim tells Jazza that he promised Joe he would play the piano at his funeral. Blimey, he's only two years into his piano lessons, isn't he? I hope Joe was a fan of Three Blind Mice. Actually, <laughs> Jim shouldn't worry too much about it. I looked it up, and I'm a cider drinker by the Wurzels, only has three chords, so it should be a doddle. <laughs> While out on their walk, Jazza and Jim spot Beechwood Joy, which I thought sounded like something you get for a third off at DFS and guaranteed for delivery by Christmas. <laughs> Joy was in a bit of a state as she'd seen a crow in distress. Amazing how she can spot distress in a bird and not in every human being she's ever come in contact with. <laughs> oh, no, I feel like I'm joining in on the being mean to joy train and I don't want to really. I genuinely think she's just a lonely lady and that we'll all love her by Boxing Day. Mark my words. Even Jazza was mean about her saying even glue doesn't stick this close. That was from the man <laughs> who attaches himself to women like Velcro. I don't remember him being so aware of interpersonal boundaries. For him, Me Too isn't a hashtag, it's a request. Anyway, Jazza, Jim and Joy. I'm trying to decide whether that sounds like a kids' TV programme or a film starring Robin Asquith. Jazza, Jim and Joy take the injured crow to see Alistair, who sentenced it to death quicker than an Alabama judge. (laughs) Joy's reign of terror for this week ended at Peggy's house. Personally, for a well-brought-up older woman, I thought Peggy was a proper cowbag to Joy. Joy was just being nice, inviting Peggy to join a sewing circle. I mean, granted, it might have been a bit tactless, considering Peggy's pushing a 100 and her arthritic fingers are probably not up to much sewing. Next up, Joy's going to ask Will if he fancies a trip to a shooting range. (laughs) Oh, But I, for one, would much rather spend an evening with Joy Horville than the Joy vacuum that is Peggy Woolley. I'm not surprised Hilda Ogden ran away. Fly free, you wonderful psychopath. But never fear, because Johnny has put a post on Facebook to find Hilda, which I'm sure is super effective in a tiny village. Surely a house-to-house would only take about ten minutes. If I lived near Peggy and I found Hilda Ogden, I would do what my friend Michael genuinely did to his neighbour's cat. He just popped a crucifix round its neck and said nothing. Really freaked the owners out. It was like the cat had run off and found religion and they just had to respect her choices. Finally this week, Joe's prodigal son, Alf, turns up, speaking more accents than there are in the Premier League. In one sentence, he travelled about 800 miles. The question is, of course, why has Alf come? 
to pay his last respects to his old man? Does anyone really believe that or is he up to no good? He can't be after Joe's inheritance. I mean, what would that even be? A couple of ferrets and a clapped out old pony? Not much of a haul unless you happen to own a glue factory. The end. <laughs> bit cruel, bit mean. Will I, will I get letters? <laughs> oh, God. You might, you might get a few DMs on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, thank you very much. Oh, You're welcome. Yeah, tell you what, you know what? I was uh, admission. I was, you know, I've, you know, I've had a couple of heavy weekends. I don't know about you, mm. but um, and actually, my friend took me out to um, see. I've got sniffles now. You maybe I think I've got a thing where my nose runs when I laugh. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's this is a good sign. What we, <laughs> well, it's better than dribbling from several other orifices, isn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. Um, um, uh, so we went out uh, to see. You must have heard of uh, Johnny and the Baptist. They are very, very, very good friends of mine, Johnny and Paddy. Are they? I love well, them dearly. Um, well, they were they were wonderful, and they're such. Um, well, they're very funny, and um, and they're so, they're really engaging as well, aren't they? They and really. They play, they they're two the of the nicest men you'll ever meet. They're so funny, and if you get a chance to go and see them, Johnny and the Baptists. They are brilliant. And boy, can they play and sing. Oh, they can. And they're very, very funny. So yes. we went to see them because my my friend, Nikki, who is a, 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 a listener of Dumpty Dum. Hello, Nikki. And an Archers fan. Yes, hello, Nikki. Thank you very much for dinner as well. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, so we went to see them and she's been trying to get me to see them for ages. And I'm like, like you know, I'm a bit of a grumpy old sod sometimes. I, I hide it well. You should say that, <laughs> Robert. You hide it well. But sorry, um, I forgot my script. Sorry. Yeah, no, Johnny. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, it's, turn it Robert, over. Robert, you hide it, it well. <laughs> there you go. Oh, once more with feeling, please. <laughs> and um, so we, so I had a really nice time, but I had a few two extra sherbets. Oh dear. So on Saturday, I I. I I woke up with a bit of a hangover and I texted her to say, oh, thanks very much. And she said, I hope your head doesn't hurt as much as mine. So uh, apparently we both had a good time. Oh, um, well, that's amazing. I made, it, <laughs> I made it home without bruising my pubis this time because uh, I did cycle home. Oops. So uh, oh, there we are. So that was my weekend. But yeah, so I was feeling a bit, you know, kind of like a drained. Oh. And I thought, oh, can I, oh, I hope I don't sound too miserable doing Dumpty Dum this week. But nope. No, you perked me right up, Angela. Oh, good. That Thank is you very much. Literally, my job. So you know, it'd be a shame right, if I okay. couldn't. Well, yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> so okay. So yeah. Okay. Right. No, I made I, it I a personal note, not a professional no. one. <laughs> I mean, that's my Christ. job to you know make people laugh, perk them up. I've never been able to give people compliments. Never. Anyway, let's talk about um, the phrase plasterer's wife, which I wrote. Is that a bit like a plasterer's radio? A plasterer's radio? Oh, oh, yeah. that's something rude, isn't it? <laughs> Robert. <laughs> but, I, you know, I'm not going to explain that, so I'll let you <laughs> dig yourself deeper into that one if you so desire. Well, no, well yeah, I don't want you to be the only one getting letters in green ink. Um, and yeah, all those new characters as well that you mentioned. Well, they who seem who, who to be... was it? Somebody Oldfield. We had we Serena, have... Selena, Bill Oldfield. Was it who I? It's something to do with Hassett okay. Hills, presumably. I, I maybe people mm. know who he is. I it hadn't rung a bell for me. And then his granddaughter Selena, <gasps> who seems was to be that doing... a pun? What 
Because Bill Oldfield hasn't rung a bell. Mike Oldfield, Tubular Bells. Bells. It wasn't deliberate, but I like your word association there. Well, yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm blushing. And then we also had, we had Denise, the um, vet nurse, didn't we, at Alistair's? She must have been mentioned before. I think she has been. I've got a feeling she has been. And and there was someone, oh, Gene Harvey got a mention and... Who was the other one that he de- he was delivering logs to? Widow Hawkins. Widow Hawkins, yeah. Yeah, so you've got lots of sort of silent Stephen, women. Stephen's ex-wife, one presumes, but um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what was that phrase? Never puts enough butter on her crumpets. Crumpets, that's right. Yeah. So you've got a lot of silent women around. Don't say it. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not. Listen, I'm... I, I was expecting some sort of quip about praying for silent women, but no. No, I'm not. I'm. I. I can't say that uh, because that's where <laughs> other people are judged. But I'd like to think that I'm not a sexist. I mean, I. I've said sexist things in the past, just thinking they're a joke, but not realizing that actually they're quite harmful. I mean, it, I wouldn't say racist things for a laugh so why would i say sexist things for a laugh so i'm you know i'm a fully reconstructed man good on you Robert. by the way who 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 showed you where the switch was on the microphone was that matt <laughs> <laughs> oh that was a long setup wasn't it oh, oh that was worth boy. it got you there oh <laughs> i'm trusting myself for laughing at that and not just turning <laughs> the microphone off with the switch that i found all by myself and walking out i know you did <laughs> I, 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 that wasn't planned i just thought but how can but i make myself look like that, an idiot uh you know when we started recording this podcast earlier this evening you were talking to silence for ages because i hadn't actually switched on my microphone it i sometimes true. do it as well i've got i've got a little i've got a little red button here that lights up and if i press that um, the phantom power drains from my oh. microphone, and I so and I have started recording before. And Lucy said, "Switch your bloody microphone on, you idiot." <laughs> so you know, it's it's you know we all do it. We've had a hard day in our respective offices, and then we exactly. turn up to do this because we love you. Exactly, but we don't we do, do it for the money. Um, so there we are. don't do it for the money. Crikey, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's cost you money because you bought a microphone. Roy, I spoke to Royfield the other day and he really laughed at me because I've bought a ticket for the Dumpty Dum Live that I'm on. Have you? <laughs> <laughs> I felt well, mean I, I not asked Lucy and she, I asked Lucy and she said, um, oh, just talk, talk to Yokel Bear and sneak round the back with him. I said, well, so I've got to arrange to meet up with him. So anyway, we'll have to, we should, we should do the arranging off air. Yes, you know, we'll we don't do that want, off air. But I've know. bought a ticket, so I'm going through the front door, head held high. That's what I'm doing. Oh, well. <laughs> well, uh, well, Yokel Bear and I are going in in one of those laundry baskets that you see in the movies, <laughs> being wheeled in. With the head above what, I'll get a like, really big rucksack and put you both in it. That's what I'll do. <laughs> It'll have to be one with wheels for me, anyway. <laughs> and you mentioned Robin Asquith. I, I, I thought, wouldn't it be great if Robin Asquith was Robin Asquith would play Derek Fletcher, wouldn't he? Oh, hundred percent. He's still alive, right, Robin Asquith? Yes. Yeah. I, I, he's on Twitter. I follow him on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. He he still runs about in his underpants from time to time. I imagine. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm I'm doing it now. Oh, don't put that in my head. <laughs> 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 oh, charming. 
<laughs> Witherspoon once complimented me on my abdomen. Did he? Yeah, what was Witherspoon doing me. looking at your abdomen? Well, I, I put a, I posted a half-naked picture of myself on Twitter, sitting You're next to a Californian swimming pool. Oh, I see. Okay, a swimming pool. Right. What an exhibitionist! Not, not just yes. like an Instagram of my abs. Hashtag. I fit. haven't got abs. I mean, it, it's a little <laughs> bit flabby and it's a little bit furry, but um, I think for my age and my lifestyle, I, I, I've been blessed. Yeah. No, good on you. I'm just jealous mm. because, um, yeah, nobody's going to compliment my abs. That's for sure. Not unless they're Aww. in a very niche market. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're not going there. We're not. No, going let's there. move on. <laughs> I think we should. We might. We might even do something about the archers now. Oh yes, what maybe we so, should. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned um, the brown sauce. It was almost like we communicated with with each other before we wrote our respective scripts. Yeah, but we didn't. I, no, I no. guess it's just the the same things leap out to us, and we, yeah. I guess. I'm a brown sauce boy. Are you a brown sauce girl? I, 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 not overly. I don't mind a bit of brown sauce, but it no. really reminds me of my dad. My okay. dad loved brown sauce and would have it on everything. And was and he it a would daddy's, be daddy's or an oh, HP? A daddy's. HP brown sauce is posh. You know what the oh, HP stands really? for? HP brown sauce. Houses of Parliament, Houses yes. Houses of Parliament, you know. So, yep. yeah, no, my dad was all about the daddy's brown sauce. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm definitely. My family is definitely. Well, my paternal side is is HP, but I think my maternal family was daddies. Yeah. Um. On a fry up. Oh, brown sauce on yeah. a fry up. Oh, yeah. that just reminds well, me of my dad. You see, I have like a sausage sandwich, and we're not going into Danny Baker territory in any <laughs> way, shape, or form. Um, is a sausage sandwich for me is is ketchup. And it has to be Heinz. We could get sponsored by this, can we? Yeah, 57 <laughs> varieties. I'll have you know. Um, uh, uh, that's a sausage sandwich. But a mm. bacon sandwich, I think, has to be brown sauce. Oh, yeah. HP. I mean, not that I eat bacon, Definitely. but, yeah, I love a bit of brown no. sauce. But you might have, a, you might have a, an egg sandwich or something. I like brown sauce on egg. chips. I don't eat eggs. You filthy beast. I know, I'm one of really? those. Really? So when you had your, because you had fish and chips after we recorded last week. I did. So, okay, we're going to get into this. fish and chips. You had, you had vegetarian fish. No, I didn't, actually. Here's my thing, right? I don't say yeah. that I'm vegan because I'm not. So no. <laughs> I don't eat meat <laughs> or dairy or eggs. I do eat fish and prawns because I care more about... Uh, the way dairy chickens. animals are treated and the way chickens are treated yeah. than I do about yeah. fish, if I'm honest. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so that's my, so I don't say I'm not vegetarian. I'm not vegan. I'm not, I don't have a word for it. I, I hate this. They have this flexitarian word that gets banded about now, but I'm just doing the best I can in my own way. And people don't yeah. like it. Tough shit. Um, I don't eat any meat. I eat fish once a week. Um, if that, and uh mm. but apart from that i don't have any meat or dairy fair enough yeah you can't have hp on your fish you can't have hp on your fish or daddy's on your fish and chips you, I have... do, you know i quite like barbecue sauce on my fish and chips there you are throw that in there anyway that's the There'll end people of my relationship with angela barnes because <laughs> she's now dead to me <laughs> i slather mine in in well i, I souse it in vinegar 
And oh um, yeah, do you have mushy peas? Oh yeah, oh, oh yeah. yes. Mm. Oh, dear. oh God, I'm hungry. Oh, well, the next time I come to Brighton, we'll have to ha- we'll have to have a a tray of chips and walk along the prom. We will do that, and I'll bring the daddies, as in the sauce, All right. not, not the sugar. <laughs> the daddies. <laughs> We're back into more niche uh, websites. Uh, anyway, the less we talk about that, the better. Uh, so I had that, and then that crow. What was that? What's that crow about? Because well, it's got to mean something. Well, at first, I do think I think Jim and Joy might eventually get together over their their love of of Corvids. Corvids. I, I quite like Jeremy that. Corvid. I think because hmm. at first I thought, have they have they put these out in the wrong order? Because it would have made more sense to me to find the crow after Hilda had run away. And like <laughs> Hilda's gone on a murderous rampage. <gasps> but the crow died Ooh. first, right? Well, they found the well, the crow's crow still first. alive. Well, the yeah, crow's I mean, still yeah. alive. Well, until Alistair gets his hands on it. But mm. um, I wondered <laughs> if, if maybe Hilda did attack it. Maybe. Yeah. Usually they bring their their spoils back, don't they, to show off. That's I do look true. after a friend's cat from time to time, and um, I, I pop round there, uh, and there's half a mouse. Yeah, my or cat a, used to I mean, be birds. Quite, it's horrible, and frogs. It's quite unpleasant, isn't it? Oh. oh yes, a frog. I've had a frog before. I had one once, um, and I and I um, the cat brought brought in a frog that I hadn't found. And I was in my house. I could smell something, and it was under the radiator. And this just dried out dead frog. It was disgusting. <laughs> my years ago, my childhood dog Bess, who was a little mongrelly thing, and she was the cleverest dog in the world. Um, and once she brought in a toad, and oh. of course, toads secrete this um not a poison but they secrete something to to um to to deter predators mm. um and isn't it sometimes hallucinogenic why is Royfield call, people... calling why is Royfield Royfield's calling me on whatsapp during the middle of this program this he's is he's phoning you on whatsapp yes i don't know Go why. On, i can't answer, answer on... sorry Royfield. sorry all right <laughs> tell him he's on the on the recording now this is fun Hello, Royfield. I'm recording Dumpty Dum and Angela made me answer the phone. I thought it'd be quite meta. Yeah. Oh, crikey. Yes, I will. Okay, I will do that. I presume Royfield's going to edit out this silence. Will do. Will do. All right, then. Mm. All right, then. Take care. Bye. Right. Um, uh, We've both been sacked. All right, then. All right. See you later. See you. Bye. (laughs) <laughs> no, Royfield asked me to say, to remind me, that next week's Dumpty Dum uh-huh. is the 300th Ooh. episode of Dumpty Dum. And you all must tune in. Oh, is it really For something 300? special. But we haven't, we haven't announced it yet, mainly because we haven't decided. But next <laughs> week's is 300. That's amazing. Years of Dumpty Dum. Not 300 years of Dumpty Dum. <laughs> it feels 300 like it. episodes of Dumpty Dum. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, this introduction does. We haven't played a call yet. So, um, <laughs> so that, um, yeah. The, the, what else did I have written down here? Um, oh, let's talk about some other stuff after we've heard from some other people. And yeah, this this is stuff I definitely on. want to talk about, but I think it comes up in calls. So let's, um, yeah, let's do that. All right then. Hello, Ambridge 3962. 
Hello, you two. Tis old Grey Whiskers here. Now then, you keeps banging on on your old dumpty dum podcasty thing about going to Brummingham and joining up with the Dumpty Dump Live, and you keep saying tis only twelve quid. Now then, what you don't mention is that for us old timers, tis only ten quid. Oh. And I managed to get the last front row seat. So I'll see you all there on the 9th of November, if I can remember to go. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bye for now. See you in... When was it? (laughs) All right. Bye. I've I've got a theory about old grey whiskers. Do we know who he is? Do we know... It sounds like... Alf Grundy to me. <laughs> because I I think it's Royfield. Really? I've got a theory that old grey whiskers is Royfield. There you go, you heard it here first. I think it's Royfield because that's his way of getting in that um, you know, it's only a tenner for OAPs to come to is OAPs PC, can you say that? Senior citizens. What's the word? Over sixty five, whatever it is. To come to think, the um, Dumpty Dum Live and I think that's his little alter ego. Mm? Okay. It's my theory. So, would does that make? Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> sure? oh, okay, I'm, I'll have it voice. I have the voice analysed. Yeah. By um, I've got I've got I've got a special voice analysing piece of software, <laughs> and 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 I'll do that later. And or, or, um, or we'll alternatively, I could just look at his phone number and see if it's Royfield. Oh, that's true. Well, there is an email address. <laughs> ah. And it's it's. Uh, let's see, it's Dominic Cummings. Okay, at <laughs> gov.co.uk. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, and alternatively, as we've discussed before, it's free if you're wheeled in in a laundry basket <laughs> round the back. I, <laughs> well, let's I have really a proper call. room for so what? many people in my rucksack. Okay, yeah. 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 Room for a small one on top, <laughs> as always. Here's... <laughs> Here's a, a call from abroad. I'm, I'm not saying Nigel is abroad. I mean, he's in another country. Anyway. <laughs> Hello, Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's New York Nigel here. Thanks for being there during busy few months. First, good old Joe. Never thought I'd say that, thinking of some of the stories from his past. I liked him more and more as the years went on. And now, how are we going to remember everybody's full name? I loved how he <laughs> referred to some oh. of the women characters by their maiden names. And my change of heart over Joe makes me worry about liking Rory. I was totally prepared to dislike him. We we all expected him to be a prat, being Brian's only biological son. And now, who knows? Now, Susan was being typically interfering when she gave Clary a brochure about floral tributes for Joe's funeral. I remember them from my time as a vicar in Birmingham and London. They were expensive. They depicted something that the person who died really loved. I saw everything from the pearly gates to bingo cards, pint of beer, remote control for the television, all done in flowers. Someone once offered a snooker table that was too big to fit on top of the coffin, made of astroturf and ping-pong balls. The (laughs) funeral director put it on the roof of the hearse, and by the time we arrived at the crematorium, all the ping-pong balls had blown off. And when the funeral director took it off the roof of the hearse, he whispered to me in a Birmingham accent, the boggers potted the lot. (laughs) So what will Joe's floral tribute be? Bartleby? Ferret in dyed carnations, false teeth in a barrel of cider, (laughs) 
bottle of brown sauce or perhaps a reconstruction of Grange Farm since oh. he's finally going home. Lastly, I think Hilda's gone to spend Halloween with Satan, a more <laughs> relaxing activity than afternoon tea with joy. Hope to call in soon. Thanks to everyone for making this community so special. Bye. Oh, oh my goodness. That's, that's nice. like uh, that's a call of the year. I think that was, that was lovely. Thank you. I love that. I love it. It's turning out to be a good show, isn't it? I yeah, thought it was going to be dreadful. Look, we've got a while to go. Don't count your chickens. All oh, right, yeah. Oh, fair enough. Thanks very much. Uh, that, what would his floral tribute be? Joe's floral tribute. Um, oh, God. I think he's nailed um, it, really, hasn't he? With, it's got to be Bartleby yeah. or Cider or a cribbage board, maybe. Yeah, or he could have his 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 favourite chair. Yeah, or a pint of shires. Mm. All of them. Yeah. All of, min, done in miniature. Done in. I, I don't know what. I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't want a floral. I'm. I'm, I'm not. I'm thinking ahead here, but I, I don't really approve of. It's very wasteful, isn't it? Tributes. As well, it's it very is, wasteful. Yes. Um, yeah. yeah. But anyway, if you've got your ideas of floral tributes uh, for me or Angela, um, <laughs> don't bother buying them. Just send just us tell us what they'd be. It's quite, quite interesting quite, to find out what other people would give. It wouldn't necessarily be what you would choose. I did a yeah. show one. It was on Radio Four. It was called "You Can't Take It With You," and it was about that. It was about how when my dad hmm. died, we went mad putting things in the coffin with him. Like yeah. we put so much stuff in the coffin, I thought we'd have to take him out. We went mad, and. Um, <laughs> And I thought it was interesting because it was all stuff that we chose that we thought represented him, you know. But is it yeah. stuff that if if you were packing for your final journey, what would you choose? It's very different to what your friends and family choose for you. So I asked my friends and family what they would choose for me. And I sort of wrote a show about it, uh, which I did in Edinburgh about five years ago. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's really interesting if you start asking your family about what they'll do for your funeral. And it made me realise that I need to organise this stuff. Otherwise... My mum's going to be playing bloody Christopher. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I mean, that. Mm. <laughs> uh, can I mention this? Yeah. So um, at my mum's funeral, um, we walked in to um, Daniel O'Donnell and <laughs> That's so mum, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, because my auntie Iris picked it. Oh. And then uh, then the uh, the coffin creaked its way down the, the conveyor belt to um, – it is a bit like um, – What's that show where the, with the conveyor belt in it? Oh, Generation uh, Game. Not Sailor, Generation <laughs> Game, yeah. Literally Generation yeah. Game. Um, Robbie Williams and Angels. Ooh. I know. Um, That's got to be a popular is, one at funerals, isn't it? Yeah, but the thing is my friends um, had a, uh, used to have a, a little band and they did a, a comic version of, of Angels, uh, which in, in, had the line... I'm wearing Durex instead. And so I, I mean, it did nothing for me. I was just thinking of that. Um, but when the rest of my family were in, in floods of tears. Well, I had a very similar situation. My dad was a big Buddy Holly fan. So we had um, oh, yeah. Buddy Holly at my dad's funeral. And um, I'm struggling now to think of the actual lyrics because my dad used to <laughs> make up rude lyrics to things all the time. Um, and it was all, all of my life I've been waiting tonight there'll be no hesitating oh boy that's the song I had to do it to get to the song and we played that but my dad's words were so rude and that's all I could think of 
He said, what was it, all of my life I've been kissing your left tit because the right one's missing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, the famous version of it is, all my life I've been kissing your top lip because the bottom one's missing. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, my dad, dad didn't do it about lips, but that's, um, yes. Yeah, that's just what he was uh, yeah. like. At different times, you know. He died yeah. 11 years ago. What was your dad's time. name? Derek. Of course Derek. it was. <laughs> of course. Of course it was. Oh. <laughs> Bless him. Uh, oh, well, thanks for that, Nigel. Um, yeah, do call in again. Now, uh, we stay on that side of the Atlantic. We're such an international show. Aren't we? New York, Boston, Bista Village. We go everywhere. <laughs> Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Master Miles calling from a beautiful day in upstate New York. Now, the last time I called, I realized that I recorded two minutes of silence. I was using unfamiliar technology, so sorry about that. I just saw that in the show notes, Royfield wrote that I had recorded two minutes of the famous John Cage track. He's referring to John Cage's piece, Four Minutes and 33 Seconds, which is absolutely staggering because I referred to John Cage's Four Minutes and 33 Seconds in the recording that I was attempting to make. Spooky. Uh, so that's karma for you. I was mostly talking about that wonderful, I thought, and strange Saturday uh, podcast stream drop of 10 minutes in Ambridge on a Saturday afternoon, which I thought was wonderful. Uh, but anyway, moving forward, I think the next week will still be Robart and Angela Barnes, which is also a staggering coincidence as it was through – the news quiz that I first heard of Angela Barnes, and it was also through the news quiz that I first heard of the Archers uh, almost seven or eight years ago. They did a very funny bit about uh, Nigel Partridge falling off the roof. <laughs> Sorry, Elizabeth. <laughs> that brings me to this week, and Elizabeth has terminated her therapy, uh, probably prematurely. I don't think – what's it been? About a year? Uh I'm sure Witherspoon can tell us whether or not that's entirely implausible or not. Uh, but I was in therapy for a lot longer than that, and I'm still pretty messed up. No, I'm kidding. I'm okay. But <laughs> other storyline, The Missing Cat. I just hope that this comes with all of the mayhem and carnivorous chaos that we've come to expect from Hilda. Anything less would be unsatisfying. Well, there you oh, go. there we go. I think I had to – yeah, he got to two minutes. <laughs> but, so I, I – I was kinder to him because he was cut off halfway through a word. And I actually forgot when I was doing that. Sorry, Master <laughs> Miles. Um, yeah, I, I, the cat. Yes. Is it going to turn up? Is it or is it going to uh, be dead? I think it'll turn. I mean, cats disappear, don't they? They. I just, yeah, they do. I'm afraid. I, I don't know if I've got the guts to say this out loud as a British person with British people listening, but I'm not really just a cat whisper. person. And I don't really care. You ha you said you had a cat before. I, I did, but I'm still not a cat person. It wasn't my cat. It was a family cat. But I'm oh, much okay. more a dog person. Yeah, because dogs, when you when you come in through the door, mm. a they're dog pleased. greets you and they're, they're pleased to see you and they, they love you. And whereas a cat, quite frankly, couldn't give a toss no. <laughs> whether I mean, you lived or died it's only that you are going to feed it yeah the most the most sort of cuddly cats are still pretty sociopathic you know whereas hilda i'm not sure she's got any redeeming features really has she and and, uh, she, uh, 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 and we heard that she's quite a fluffy one as well 
Right. Because she was getting because Peggy said she was she was untangling her knots. Yeah, wasn't she just saying that's getting a joy? Maybe. Yeah. But you know, but I, fluffy <laughs> cats. I don't know. It's another thing that makes me really itch because their their fur just gets all over you. And mm. no, I'm not a cat person either. I'd much no, rather. I'm sure. I'd much rather have a ferret than a cat. Absolutely, I agree. I I think you know I'm trying to put it in my head. You know, if it was my puppy that had gone missing, obviously I'd be de- devastated. So oh, yeah. you know, I can understand that Peggy's probably devastated, but. It's a cat. They do go outside and wander, don't they? It's not, yeah, it's not the same regularly. as a dog running away. We have a neighbourhood Facebook page, and quite often there are people think, "Oh, our cat's gone missing." If you look out for it, it it's it, you know, it's it's black. It's got a, a leg at each corner, <laughs> and you, well, it just looks like any other cat. cat yeah, and, you know, and then and then it turns up, and you think, "Well, we knew that." We, yeah, why bother? I mean, it's going to turn up. It's not like, oh, my, my grandmother's gone missing. Can you – no, if Peggy, had go, Peggy should go missing, that would be better. Yeah. Yeah, if Peggy goes out to find Hilda and doesn't come back, and a cat comes back and Peggy doesn't. Oh, God, we're definitely getting <laughs> – we're definitely getting letters this week. Oh, it's so mean so mean-spirited. Is Hilda uh, – what colour is Hilda? Do we know? I just wonder if she's – just meeting up with all her friends oh, what, to discuss their plans for Halloween next week if she's a black cat. I imagine Hilda as being one of those white, fluffy, are the they squishy faced or ones. is that a dog? That's a dog. Yeah. Uh, Siamese. Like that. So, no, Siamese is the, the thin. Oh, no, they're the thin ones. Um, oh, Burmese. Is it Burmese? No, they're, oh, I don't know. Persian. I don't know. Persian. Persian, Persian that's it, that's yeah. Right, just to edit all We're those wrong answers here, out. Aren't we? <laughs> yeah, let's just go through every <laughs> Belgian. Is it Belgian? <laughs> Chilean cat. Oh god, there's going to be so many tweets. Oh, I know you can't slag off cats. It. British people, you can't do it. It's not allowed. <laughs> oh, well, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give it. I, mean, I like, just find it weird that people have got so much like. more compassion for an evil, horrible, spiteful cat than they have for Joy Horville, who's a human being. Yeah. I find that really horrible. Yeah, yeah. but there were there were people that were backing us up. Yeah, on our um, on our uh, our, our, our ode to Joy, as I'm. Oh, nice! I see what you've done there. Yeah, I, oh, look, I had it written down here, and I knew I was going to cram it in somewhere. <laughs> it was me thinking that was in... just a bit of spontaneous brilliance, Robert. <laughs> and uh, I thought, well, there's the, the Brexit angle, and then there's the, the Archer's angle just there. I mean, it's just hit the sweet spot, that, hasn't it? <laughs> and, uh, of course, Lizzie giving up what? her therapy doesn't, Nothing ever rings true to us, does it? But it's just, is that how you would do it? I've never had therapy. I've got quite a lot to say about this, but let's play Witherspoon's Call first, shall we? Because I've listened to Witherspoon's Call, and I think he talks about this. All right. Greetings, Angela, Robert, Yoko Bear, and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. First, thinking of my Angus, I want to mention that Angela, fellow Dumpty Dumber Peter Mabbitt, 
and I are all proud parents of very cute black cockapoos who all look alike and are similarly sweet, playful, and intelligent. Here's to the Dumpty Doodles. Then I want to compliment (laughs) both Angela and Robert on a very fine episode last week as you talked about Joe Grundy's death. I, too, felt that Eddie's last words to his late dad hit just the right note, considering that we've known for a few months that this moment was coming. On to this week's business and Elizabeth's session with her therapist. It would be unusual for a client or patient to walk into therapy and announce out of the blue that this would be the final one when she was making good progress and had a good relationship with her therapist. Most people in that situation develop a liking for going to therapy. At the least, the therapist should have bargained for an additional couple of sessions or a decrease in the frequency of their meetings. And don't get me started on Elizabeth taking herself off the antidepressant. My sense is that she was not on the medication for a long enough period of time. More odd, to say the least, was Lizzie's cloak and dagger in regards to her refusal to name Rory, Brian, and Jennifer when talking about them. This is therapy, not congressional testimony. (laughs) I would have thought she had already talked at length with her therapist, about what happened with Nolatandu, Freddie, Brian, and Jennifer. And if she hasn't talked about them, then more reason to continue in therapy. I fear a relapse for Elizabeth in the not-too-distant future. Talk to you soon. Dumpty Doodles! Yay! I've got Tina's a Dumpty Doodle. But Tina's brown. She is brown, she's but she brown. does look black in pictures. So people often think that brown. she's a, a black cockapoo. But she's very she's dark brown, so she's chocolatey. Yeah. yeah, she won't be offended by that. She won't be offended at all, no. She's not racist. No. <laughs> no. No. Anyway, let's let's um Lizzie. So Yeah, okay. Um, what do you reckon? Okay. I I reckon so many things about this that I don't know where to start. Mm. For a start, I think it's no coincidence that it was Mental Health Awareness Week or whatever next week, uh, last week, and this is all, you know, her and yeah. where and everything else is is happening. I think what's quite interesting is the difference between Lizzie and Will, which I think has been mentioned in their deal yeah. with it. And I think one of the key points to remember is that Lizzie has money. And therefore, Lizzie mm-hmm. had access to treatment instantly when she knew she had an issue and yeah. was able to comply with that treatment because she had the money to do so. And this is something right. that is a real personal bugbear of mine. So I, before doing stand-up comedy, I worked in mental health for a very long time. And um, uh, since the current government, of, well, since the you know 2010, really, um, mental health services have been cut across the board you know i have lots of friends who still work in those services and they to say they are strained is a is an understatement so if you're a person who doesn't have a disposable income and you are in need of therapy you you are you know displaying depressive uh tendencies or whatever in this country at the moment the likelihood is that you will wait, depending on where you live and how densely populated it is, et cetera, et cetera, and what services are available, you will wait probably a minimum of three months before you can get any sort of counselling on the NHS. And 
count, you know, three months is a long time to be battling a mental health. Things can spiral in three months. And the government we have currently seems to be promoting very much a it's good to talk things that are out there. And it really makes my blood boil because, yes, it is good to talk. It is good to acknowledge and destigmatize mental health. All those things are really good, but it's no bloody good to tell people they need to get help when the help simply isn't available unless you can afford it. And that's the situation we're in. So that aside, and how much does it? How much? How much does it cost for an hour of therapy? That varies, but averagely, I'd say yeah. for an hour of of sort of, you're looking at at least forty pounds an hour. Okay. And the, and for therapy to work, it has to be regular. It has to be every week. And and you know, the, a lot of short term therapy is promoted at the moment here because it's cheaper um, and it is effective. It's not not effective, but by which I mean cognitive behavioral therapy, more goal based therapy rather than psychotherapy, um, mm. which, you know, works for some people. Um, I personally have had treatment over the years. So I've I've been um, on medication for mental health issues since I was 19. I'm now 43. I've had all sorts of things. And for me, you know, CBT just didn't really work for me. Uh, somebody giving me a diagram of a worry tree and telling me how to breathe didn't do it for me. It, it works for some people. It didn't mm. work for me. Um, and unfortunately, that's the main therapy that's being pushed because it is short term. So it is cheaper and uh, more available. So there's a real problem in this country with getting access to therapy that you may or may not need. That aside, so so Will, for example, you know, assuming yeah. he hasn't got much of a disposable income, he would his GP would probably have him on a waiting list for however long, um, and it, and you just have to hope that person then doesn't get into a crisis situation, which often happens, and then crisis services have to come in, and that can involve a stay in hospital or being sectioned or you know being uh, seen by a community mental health team and all of those things, which are way more expensive than just providing the fucking counselling for people in the first place. But anyway, don't get me started. Um, the the thing about her terminating the therapy in the way she did, somebody who is engaging well with therapy and it's working for them, as Witherspoon said, it, it's very unlikely that they would go in and say, this is my last one and therapists would go fine because the idea of therapy is it has to have an ending and it has to have a good ending. And a good ending usually means, you know, a couple of sessions to make sure that, um, that person is equipped to to go on without the therapy and that they're putting the mm -hmm. things that they've learned into practice and all of that stuff. And her coming off the medication is particularly um, worrisome for me because even so presumably she was on an SSRI, a serotonin uh, reuptake inhibitor, um, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, which is your Prozacs, your citalopram, things like that, which are the first line antidepressants. And while they are safer than your old school antidepressants, they still, quick withdrawal is still really, really dangerous. Um, mm. And, you know, I've, I have been hospitalized before by coming off an SSRI too quickly. And so that really concerns me that the scriptwriters were quite happy to say, oh, Lizzie just decided to stop taking it and tapered it herself with no input from a doctor or psychiatrist or anything yeah. of any description. She just did it herself. That to me is a worrying thing to put out there because you shouldn't do that. Um, you know, some people will I mean, be that's fine. What I, thought. And I thought she didn't even mention the GP and that, that rang a yeah. little alarm bell for me. And 
Yeah. So do you think that they they're going to that that's going to play? I don't into know if it, a future story. I don't know if it will. I don't know because who knows? Who knows how the scriptwriters will? I I I imagine that they probably wouldn't do anything that portray being on SSRIs as a negative thing. And somebody going through mm. a bad withdrawal or or having some bad side effects from withdrawal or anything isn't going to help people at home who are wondering whether or not they should, you know, get help from getting the help they need if the Archers is telling them that it can make them suicidal or whatever. So I can't imagine that that is the way they'll go. Who knows? Maybe they will. Mm. Um, Lots of people I've encountered uh, who've, who've suffered from mental health issues are terrified of taking drugs, especially older people. Well, but they're, they're, they're worried about um, how it will affect them. And because, you know, they, they, they imagine it, it's, it's a scene from 12 Monkeys where they're just sedated in a corner. And that's not. That's not, that's not how, how SSRAs, SSRAs don't sedate you. Um, what, what, I mean, everything is a balance, isn't it? So if you're depressed, yeah. if you're suicidally depressed, then worrying about potential side effects is negligible really compared to the side effect of killing yourself. If you don't have the help, yes, you need, right? Right, yeah. mm-hmm. that's the bottom line that people don't understand that depression can be a terminal illness for many people um, yeah. in that way. So that's the first point to make. Secondly, I think I, I, this, stu- this is really affecting me at the moment, this stuff, because um, yeah. when I first, when I was 19, when I first, uh, went on medication for mental health and I remember being really upset, I really, really rejected, uh, medication and I didn't comply with the medication that I was given and I didn't want to take it. And I saw it as a weakness and all of those things. And yeah. I remember my dad being at the end of his tether cause he could see that I was, you know, not in a good way. And I remember him sitting with me one night when I was just saying I'm not taking the medication anymore and him saying okay my dad was a type 1 diabetic and he just said to me okay well then I'm not going to take my insulin Hmm. and I said what you can't not take he said you're not going to take your medication you need I'm not going to take the medication I need so that's the and that really brought it Hmm. home to me that that's what it you know it's the same it's a medication that helps you function like a inverted commas normal human being be that in your physical body or in your mind you know whatever it is you need to do to survive being a human. But I'm in a weird situation at the moment where um, this is oversharing. I'm sure it is, but fuck it. I'm going to say it where I have stopped taking medication with doctor's input over a period of time because of Brexit. Now the medication that I'm on, there is a concern and it's a medication I've been on for 15 years that has worked for me for 15 years. There is concern that in the event of a no-deal Brexit, this medication will be unavailable mm. for a period of time or in short supply. And you just can't stop it And you can't when just stop taking it when it's unavailable because that would probably put me in hospital. So with my doctor, we agreed oh. that I would start a slow withdrawal program from it in order to, if the worst happens, that I'm not in a situation where I have to stop taking it. Now, I'm incredibly lucky in that my medication you know if i did just stop taking it if that happened um you know the results could be catastrophic but they wouldn't necessarily be catastrophic and i'm lucky because yeah. i am in a position where with a uh, doctor's um guidance i can slowly 
come off this medication and do it the right way with supervision and, and everything to do it safely. However, if you're re, you know, relying on insulin, I've got friends who don't know if they're going to be able to get their epilepsy drugs if there's a no-deal Brexit. Yeah. If there's, they're not in a position where they can just withdraw from those drugs safely. There's no withdrawing from those drugs safely. So this is something that really, you know, not stopping taking medication is such a big deal for so many people. And to have Lizzie just go, oh, yeah, yeah I just didn't need it. I just stopped taking it. It's fine now. I'm fine now. Made my blood boil for so many reasons because there's so many people who are currently trying to come off medication that they're on. And it's it's not easy. Even if you're well now, you know, even if you're not um depressed anymore you don't just stop taking it because the reason you're not depressed anymore is because you're medicated or part of the reason yeah. is you know it has to be done with supervision of a of a health professional um so yeah this whole thing has just really brought up a lot of stuff i suppose and um i i just hope the script writers are gonna be a little bit more sensitive and a little bit more realistic with what they're putting out there because you know for most people taking antidepressants when you need them is still a massive deal and to have anything that says to you oh a you can just stop taking them and be fine and b that um uh you know they're not that big a deal i don't know anything that just suggests that stopping therapy stopping meds and you'll be fine i think i find that worrisome yeah, I mean, why did they even? Why did she even have to mention that she'd stopped taking her meds? It didn't add anything to the storyline. Yeah. I mean, unless, unless they are going to develop that, but then that worries me as well because then there's, mm. you know, the negativity associated with that medication. There's enough negativity associated with taking antidepressants. If you know, now have a storyline where somebody withdraws too quickly from antidepressants and they have um, a relapse. That's all that's going to do is add that negativity that those of us that rely on medication just don't bloody need more negativity about it. You know, I, I don't know how many times I've had in my life, you know, people go, oh, you probably don't need that. You don't need that. You know, and it's like, you don't know what I need. You don't know me. Um, you know, so, yeah, it, I, I found the whole thing really troubling. The whole way the Lizzie thing is playing out now is, you know, it was great to have a character who everything you know seems like they have it all lives in a blooming stately home and you know um to have that person suffering depression it's like yeah great this is stuff that happens to to normal people going about their lives brilliant bring it on now this has just gone ah you screwed it at the end hopefully yeah. i'm wrong and i yeah i hope so too but um there's a there's a there was also it's quite a good device to have Lizzie in therapy because she's able to have that that dialogue with one person who's outside of the action and she that that could have been used more effectively I think in in later in later storylines I don't yeah I I I don't know the whole I I thought the therapist didn't react in the way a therapist would if someone said that like Witherspoon said I think they'd be saying okay you want you feel better now good let's let's plan out how this will end because any therapy I've had, yeah. you know, it doesn't just, you don't go in one day and go, I don't want this anymore. They go fine. You know, they would at least try. They mm. would at least, I mean, obviously people disengage from therapy all the time, but the therapist, I don't think would ever mm. be complicit in that. They would say, okay, well, let's say your next session is next week. Your last session is next week or the week after that will be your last session. And we will make sure we've got all the loose ends tied up by then. 
you know, to give it a good ending yeah. rather than just, oh, you don't want to come back yeah. after today. Oh, okay, fine. You all right? Yeah. Okay, fine. You stop taking your meds, you say. Oh, okay, fine. What? You know? When you put it that way, yeah, it sounds ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah. So um, right. we'll see how it pans out. I hope it pans out responsibly. Yeah. Yeah. So do I. So do I. Sorry, I've, I've put right. I've brought it all down a bit, haven't I? But yeah, it's just no, something that's very. At all. No, you, you haven't. Know, um, it's called shading. It's yeah, you know, yeah. It's not. I haven't brought it yeah. down at all. It's you know, and I and I don't mind admitting that. Well, I certainly don't mind admitting that. You know, I I suffer from mental health issues from time to time mm. and um i haven't i haven't sought therapy and i haven't I'm, I'm not getting treatment for it but i've i've done mindfulness and that works for me and and exercises and getting out on being on the bike in the sunshine really works for yeah. me um which is why i guess i'm feeling a bit glum before I started talking to you, because you know it, the weather's been crap and I haven't been out on well, the bike. This for a is while. another thing, you know. This is happening this time of year. It is particularly the last two weeks of really. This is the start of SAD season, right bang at the beginning of it, mm. and it's where a lot of people who have been coping suddenly aren't coping, and to have this yeah. in their ears, bad timing, guys. You know, yeah. Um, I just feel like. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is because I also get frustrated by all the, you know, hey guys, it's good to talk. Why don't you seek help if you've got because unless you can afford it, where's that help coming from? It's all very well the government, yeah, you know, promotes mental health awareness week and all of this. And it's all very well, but all the while they're decimating the services that provide that help. Well, then fuck them. You know, I can't. I can't abide watching Tory ministers talking about the importance of addressing your mental health issues and destigmatizing mental health while destroying the services that provide that help. It's disgusting. Yeah, you're quite right. I mean, I've, I've had um, people I know that have, uh, that have had anxiety issues or depression and um, when they've contacted, and I've, I've urged them to go to their GP because I've done a, a mental health um, first aid course mm-hmm. and um, they've gone to their GP and, the best that they can get, they get um, they get a counselling session that they have to wait two or three weeks for, and it's it's a telephone conversation. Yeah, and it's better than nothing, but it's it doesn't seem and it's, it's a te- telephone CBT and okay, it's great. It's not good enough. It's not good enough. No. And you know, it, I feel sorry for GPs. I do because that's your first line. That's where you have to go yeah. first. And, you know, you speak yeah. to any GP and it's frustrating for them because they know what you need, but they can't point you to it because it doesn't exist. Um, you know, and it's, yeah, telephone CBT is just, I'm sure, it, and I'm sure it does work for some people, but I know, I mean, you mentioned exercise. For me, that's the thing. I, I always say the voices in right. my head don't respond to meditation because all they do, if I try and meditate, they go, Oh, you have some quiet time. Well, in that case, we'll do the chat. We'll do the talking, <laughs> you know, that's all that. So it just doesn't work for yeah. me. Whereas I find I can tire out the voices in my head with a bit of exercise. It shuts them up. They get tired, Yeah, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's just years. That's just 20 years of learning and listening to my own body and my own head and learning that stuff. But I just found the very basic level CBT, I guess it's helpful for a lot of people. I guess it is. But if you've got chronic depression, then there's only so many worry trees I can draw in my life before I go. I know 
I know how this works. It doesn't help me solve the problem. I feel like I'm being down on CBT and I'm not because it's really good and it really no. works for people. But there has to be other options for the people it doesn't work for. And there, it's a one. we seem to have a one-size-fits-all approach to mental health because it's cheap and there's no services. There's no service position, uh, provision and it's just not good enough. No, yeah. and it doesn't seem like it's going to get any better. No, particularly not, you know, no. if we crash out of the EU. You'll, there'll be a lot of people. yeah maybe not able to get their meds, maybe not able to get any services that they need. Um, you know, I had a heartbreaking right. story. A friend of mine, I won't say her name obviously, but she said um, she her mum is very, uh, just wants Brexit to happen at whatever the cost. Hmm. And she said to her, but, um, you know, mum, if, if if we crash out of the EU, I can't, there's a, the supply of my medication will stop. She said, well, you probably shouldn't be taking that stuff anymore anyway. You've been on it long enough. You oh, know, gosh. like that's the attitude you're dealing with. So, yeah. What do you do? What do you do? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Shall we? Shall we, we move on to something more jolly? Change of gear now. <laughs> that's definitely. Sorry, I'm fine. Um, I feel like, uh, yeah, I may have overshared, but fuck it. We're a community, aren't we? That's what we do. Yeah. This is dumpty dum. There's no such thing <laughs> as oversharing. Let's hear about a, a meetup. Ooh. And here's, here's Maddie to talk about it. We haven't been invited, Angela. Absolute disgrace. That's it. I'm flouncing out. Hello, this is Maddie from Ottawa and I'm calling in for the second, third time now for a couple of reasons which are very personal and actually very selfish. The first one is to remind everybody to come and join us, Royfield, Christina, Jane and myself in Ottawa, the federal capital of Canada on 26th of October for a meetup. It will be fun. The autumn collars are out for you and I think we're going to have a good evening. So just write to me, Maddie, M-A-D-Y, Coop, which is spelled K-E-U-P, all together, at gmail.com. And we'll be meeting in Nepean Street, not Nepean, which is quite funny to Jane and myself, which is very, very, very central. So that was the first time. The second thing was to say that my claim to fame is that I've actually got a grandson called Xander who precedes the Archer Xanders by four whole years. So I can now tell my stepdaughter that she is a real trendsetter when Xander was first presented to us and named. My husband and I were a little bit skeptical as to the acceptance of the name, but hey, if it's on the arches, it must be okay. And that really is all from me today. So please come to the Ottawa meetup on 26th of October. Bye to all. Bye to all Dumpty Dummers around the world. Royfield, look forward to seeing you. Bye. I want he, to go to Ottawa. He gets Ottawa. around a bit, that Royfield, doesn't, doesn't he? he? He phoned me the other day and I said, where are you, San Fran? He said, no, I'm in Toronto. As if I, you know, I was like, oh, well, of course you are. <laughs> yeah, of course. Do you know when I, when I hear Ottawa, do you know what I think of immediately? D-I-S-C-O. Were they called Ottawa, that band? They... D I. That Ottawa, band was called were, Ottawa. Ottawa yeah, sure no, I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me of my childhood at family parties. My family was Aren't so they in big. Blue jumpsuits when they We had um I was such a big family. Our family parties were we used to have to hire a village mm. hall and my uncle Bob would DJ. 
And he would play D-I-S-C-O. <laughs> Hi-ho, silver liney. Oh, happy days. Oh, I can see it now. <laughs> oh, I yes. Can. Yeah. Well, there we are. So, yeah, pop along to the uh, Ottawa meetup. Um, uh, drop her a line. And uh, I'm sure Royfield will be uh, tweeting about it, too. Um, she's got a little grandson called what Sander. What else did I need to mention? Oh. Yes, yes. But actually called Sander yeah. or, or... Or Alexander, but... With an X. With a, my friend's got a little boy who's Xander that, with an X, not Alexander, but just Xander. Yeah. Okay. I think Alexander Armstrong started off the trend here. Yeah, I think yeah. he did. Definitely. Speaking of which, you know I did um, re- point oh, of celebrities on Tuesday. I did, oh, did with you? old Alexander Armstrong. Who, was, who were you I was with? partnered with... I who can't tell you team? what happened. You'll have to wait till it's broadcast. But no, 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 I was no, no, partnered no, no. with... Well, you obviously lost, didn't you? <laughs> Charming. Um... um <laughs> I was partnered with Rich Hall. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, it was yeah. a lot mm. of fun. Yeah. Okay. It'll be on in the oh, spring. So, uh, oh, well. I'll have to, Okay. Oh, well. And I'll tell you what. If we still I'm got nothing, electricity if not then. a pointless celebrity. <laughs> All right. Oh, you're not pointless not to me. celebrity. <laughs> you're not a celebrity to me either. <laughs> you're my friend now. Um... Right. Uh, what was I going to do? Now? Oh, I'll mention that later. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, shall we have a roundup of the social Ooh, yes, media? Yes. I think that's a very is good idea. Bear? All right, then. It is. Um, I was going to do this bit written on the script now, but oh, we've I'm said done. it all, so I might as well just press the button. Script Schmidt. <laughs> no, it's my fault, not yours. Here comes Yokel Bear. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Yokel Bear here, calling with the social media roundup for the week. Now, as the nights are drawing in and the end of the year is getting ever closer, we started the week by asking people to make some predictions about what's going to happen for the rest of the year in Ambridge. Now, I have to say, there were quite a few predictions of breakups. Both Leslie Greaves and Deanna Dawkins predicted that Kirsty and Philip will break up, um, with Deanna saying um, not wanting any more children is a definite deal-breaker for Kirsty. 
Do you know what? A lot of other people um, said that Kirsty and uh, Phil would split up. And to be honest with you, I've never really been that convinced of them as a couple. Um, so I've, I've always felt Kirsty was just settling, really. So maybe as these issues like should they have children crop up, maybe it will split them up. Let's see. Another prediction that was quite common was that uh, Adam and Ian would split up. Jane Gage said, The catalyst of Alexander's birth will see Ian and Adam break up thanks to Adam's inability to put his family first. However, Sean Coleman said, um, he, uh, She actually thinks that Ian's coping a lot better than fatherhood... Um, sorry, Adam is ca- coping with fatherhood a lot better than Ian at the moment. He surprised Sean with uh, being very calm whilst Ian seems to be a bit more over the top. Not sure if that will change in the future. Maisie Jett gave a very future prediction right right over, uh, you know, right into the future to 2029, where she predicts that the 2029 Lower Loxley power couple will be Lily and Rory. Um, yes, I can kind of see that happening. <laughs> like the bringing together of two dynasties, wouldn't it? Now, Jed Robinson, you are a very naughty man because your prediction was quite simply this. Poor Bartleby <laughs> had a picture of a bottle of glue. Very oh, no. naughty, Jed. Now, I posted something this week about how annoying it is that Adam is whipping out the baby pics at a moment's notice. <laughs> and it turns out I'm quite cynical because a lot of people said, no, it's fine. Ellen O'Connell said, Adam has quite clearly fallen in love with his new baby. Is understandably keen to show him off? Mm. I love to witness this on The Archers and in real life. <laughs> um, Ellen, The Archers is real life, isn't it? <laughs> Our very own Witherspoon um, says, Currently I see about five new pics daily on Instagram and Facebook of my three-month-old great-nephew, courtesy of his first-time dad. It's healthy to be proud of a new... Uh, to be a proud new father of a newborn. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, people, I'm just cynical, probably over cynical. Yes, it is kind of, you know, cute with baby pics and stuff. I'm not sounding very convinced, am I? Anyway, let's move on. Now, for me, one of the most interesting moments of the week was um, when Jenny said, uh, described her marriage, and when she said her marriage, it's my duty, and I thought that was fascinating. And it raised questions about, does she really love Brian? Is it, Does she see this as a job rather than a romantic relationship? Well, let's see what people thought. Sue Clayton said, I think she loves Brian. She loves Rory. But as others said, being reminded of her husband's, uh, he is her husband's love child is a hard bit. Um, Gillian Corrigan also said about the duty, it's her duty um, to Rory because she accepted the responsibility of raising him. And yeah, and that's a great thing, isn't it? Now, some people were a little cynical, <laughs> probably me included, Um Andrew Disbury, well, actually, this was my comment of the week on the Facebook group, when Andrew said, Jenny Darling's marriage vows, for better, for worse, for kitchen, for Rory. (laughs) That did make me laugh. Alex Lucas said, she's always known which side her bread's buttered. 
And Alison Hindmark said the money's got a lot to do with it. But do you know what? Manda Q actually posted in response to this and quite rightly took us to task, I think, when she said, how cynical some of you are. Yep, guilty, Manda. Um, Jenny could be a wealthy divorcee, but she wants to be married to Brian and keep her family together, strong and happy. It seems clear to me that the storyline is that Jenny loves her husband and their family. If one chooses to see that purely the pursuit of material goods, it may be that one's judging others by one's own standards. <gasps> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll admit, Manda, my standards are pretty low in most things. <laughs> also this week, we had probably the most useless poll that we've ever done, but do you know what? It was a slow episode and, well, what the hell. Um, when the crow, the crow got rescued and um, there was a, just a mention of um, pigs being more intelligent than crows or maybe crows being more intelligent than pigs. So we did a Dumpty Dum <laughs> People's poll. Yes, it was that kind of slow week. So just for the record, crows won by 62% as opposed to 30, 38% who thought pigs were more intelligent. So crows <laughs> win it. Anyway, before you all fall asleep, let's move on from that. Now, Joy featured a lot this week. And <laughs> we, we asked the question, um, is anyone help, hoping that we get to meet Rochelle? Because it's, <laughs> it sounds like she could be Tracy Horribin Mark too. And I mean, who gets a warning from the Girl Guides? <laughs> now, a couple of people, including Pete Ranson, came up with a suggestion, suggestion, which is that Rochelle isn't around anymore. Um, either she's died or she is completely estranged from Joy. Um, Pete said, I feel that maybe she's passed away, maybe cancer, a road accident, suicide or something. Whatever, there's a tragic backstory to the ironically named Joy relating to the way she's always reflecting about her daughter. <laughs> Jane, Jane Bushen also said, I have a feeling that for whatever reason, Rochelle isn't part of Joy's life. There's something to be revealed there, I'm sure. Yeah, I think Joy's probably a much deeper character than we've, you know, we've, um, we've been led to believe. She's quite kind of one dimensional at the moment or two dimensional, whichever. Um, but I think there's probably a backstory to explain why she kind of overcompensates. <sighs> Now, what? I actually missed an episode of The Archers this week because, sadly, I was working in the evening. Outrageous. Unheard of. Um, so I asked people, could you catch me up on what's happening in Ambridge, but give me wrong answers only? And some <laughs> of them were brilliant. Rosie Stock said, Will has learnt to express his feelings through interpretive dance. Very <laughs> moving. Nor due respect to the cast and script writers for the way they conveyed that on the radio. <laughs> um, I really don't want to think about Will doing interpretive dance. Um, yeah, I can't even begin to imagine what that would be like. Nick Reed said, Hannah baked Neil a special I love my boss cake and offered to massage his wiener. <laughs> wait, wait, sorry, Nick, what? Massage his what? Yeah, it's another thing I don't want to think about. <laughs> Catherine Shorrock said, the rewilding was such a huge success that Extinction Rebellion have given up their protest and acknowledge Pip as the saviour of the world. Oh, don't, God, for whatever you do, don't tell Pip that she's the saviour of the world and whatever you do don't tell Ruth and Dave because they'll tell everyone that Pip is the saviour of the world mind you I think Ruth will probably find something you know uh, negative to say about it 
Now, Paul Norris said Lizzie woke up as Nigel walked out of the shower. Yes, yes, the Dallas plotline check. If everything goes wrong with the plot lines, just pretend none of it happened. Um, and actually, that got me thinking, because I used to watch Dallas and Dynasty. Oh, my God, I love Dynasty. But I don't know whether anybody remembers when the plot lines on Dynasty became so stale that they had one of the characters... Um, Fallon just abducted by aliens for no reason. Hey, <laughs> maybe that's the scriptwriters. Are you um? Are you listening? Finally, we could have my Ambridge X Files crossover that I've always dreamt of. <laughs> and Liz Hensman said Eddie was revealed as last week your Millions winner. Yeah, but Liz, you know what's going to happen? Scriptwriters will get him to lose the ticket because nothing good ever happens to the Grundies. Wendy Merrick said, Ian and Adam were interesting. Let's not go too far, actually, with these, uh, these wrong answers, Wendy. Um, yeah. Mm. But finally, my, another one of my favourite comments. Joe Bank said, Jennifer couldn't be asked to cook and ordered Deliveroo. Yeah, I can't see that ever happening. Anyway, on that note, I'm going to wrap this up and say goodbye for the week. You have Millie Bell next week, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, Yoko Bear. Ah. Ah, well, that was good. Yeah, lots I'm going like on on the old Facebook page. Our listeners are cleverer than we are. <laughs> you say that <laughs> like you're surprised. <laughs> doesn't take much to be cleverer than I am, Robert. <laughs> Oh, no. nonsense, nonsense. Mm. Now, speaking of uh, nonsense, uh, don't forget, as we've mentioned earlier, there is a Dumpty Dum Live yes, there coming is. to uh, the second city, which is Brum, Birmingham. It's at the Birmingham Town Hall. It's £12 to get in, £10 if you're a little bit older. Uh, that's on the 9th of November, 2pm at the Town Hall. Uh, there's also a meal afterwards at the Pitcher and Piano. That's for five quid. That's cheaper than Witherspoons. <laughs> I don't uh, think uh, the meals... Witherspoons, <laughs> Oh, gosh, that's a, that was a real Freudian slip. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I think Witherspoon should, uh, Witherspoon should open his own pub. Yeah, because I, I won't go to a Witherspoons, in... but I'd go to a Witherspoons. I agree. I won't go and to a, Weathers, a Weatherspoons because the guy who owns and it is an absolute psychopath and he doesn't allow dogs in <laughs> any of his pubs anymore. Yeah. Can't take dogs in any Weatherspoons. Disgraceful. Yeah. Not having it. Anyway, we don't talk about no. that uh, cider-addled turnip head, no, we don't. do we? Um, <laughs> so it's a picture and piano is £5 for a meal. I, I don't know um, whether you can get uh, a vegetarian option. I'm not sure. And afterwards, uh, we're going to the gin vaults, and that's for 10 quid. Just go to dumptydum.com, and you can sign up there. And there's lots more details there. Lovely. And it's now, my Angela, birthday. Have I mentioned have that? Did I mention that? I might not. Uh, no, you that. haven't. I think I've ever mentioned it that it's my birthday. That's what? It's your birthday. Is 9th of November. Yes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've been waiting for that. I've been waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that really I've got another one here. <laughs> I've got two. They're slightly different. Thank you, Brilliant. BBC Sound Effects, for that. Um, oh, we do have an email, actually, oh, don't oh, we? we? Do. Have you got yes. that email with you? It is. Uh, it didn't make a lot of sense to me, but I think it might do to Royfield. So um, yeah. here we are. This is from Paul Robinson. Not that one, it turns out. He says, hello again. First, why do you assume, why do you assume I'm the neighbours, Paul Robinson? I could be the former England goalkeeper, Paul Robinson, or the English 
English painter Paul Robinson or the poet Paul Robinson. Anyway, you get the picture. Yes, I did look them up on Google, uh, not the footballer. <laughs> Says, thanks for reading my mail last week. I understand and I'm happy with the off-topic chats up to a point. Oh, he's going to hate this podcast. <laughs> Some of them just go on too long. When I get bored with the topic, that's when I start Hello? skipping through them. I mean, I've read his email, but he's not going to hear it because he's going to turn this off. A long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) So that's from Paul Robinson. And then he's put in brackets, possibly Barry Boom, in a joke I don't get. So, Royf, maybe that means... Okay, well, um, maybe maybe that was an episode that we missed. I never miss an episode. How dare you? I don't know. When I went on holiday, I'm sure I I might have skipped. I'm not... uh, uh, Anyway. (laughs) Anyway. Thank you very much. Um, I'm not quite sure what that was all about. Do, I mean, do you know, or is it? Just, I, I know. I, I remember there being or? someone, presumably Paul Robinson, who complained that Royful goes off topic too often, and um, there was some talk about whether he was Paul Robinson off of Neighbours. So, um, yes. That's oh, what okay. About. Okay. It was a while ago. Well, my memory is is shot <laughs> pieces, so I can you know, barely remember last week. Never mind a couple of weeks ago. Yes, Angela, are you ready for tweet? Oh, I am indeed. I've got a couple of nice tweets today um, and then one that was my favourite. So um, I've got the first one is from Kate Crichton. That's Kate underscore Crichton on Twitters. And uh, she says, Jim should just play demo one for the funeral. If they need another tune, he could do demo two. (laughs) 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 That's pretty nice. I like that. Um, (laughs) Then there's one from at pbalka7, balka, boka, B-O-W-K-E-R. It says, so Johnny's great idea was mm-hmm. to put a picture of the cat on Facebook. I suppose if you're in a family who think that Cheese Academies and Kefir are good ideas, that does rank as great. <laughs> <laughs> That's also a this good one. one. It's not my tweet of the week, but it very nearly was. It, it, it's a close run thing, but this was a bit naughty, but it did make me laugh out loud. Uh, this is from Francine Lawrence, which who is at Francine Lauren 3. Um, <laughs> she says, announcing Lower Loxley's <laughs> debut Christmas show, Fiddler on the Roof, auditioning now. <laughs> Couldn't resist it. I'm sorry. Ooh, I know. Too soon. I know. Too soon. And are we ready for Tweet of the Week? We are. Royfield will play Excellent. in the music. I won't now. wait for it then. Um, this, is, um, this is two tweets in a way, but the first one is a setup, but you need the setup to get the punchline of the the winning tweet. So the setup is from um, at Mrs. Miggins here, who said, who asked the question Mm -hmm. on Twitter, who would employ Will and in what capacity? Answers on a postcard, please. To which Mark B replied, and Mark B is at Holmoak45. He replied, producers of sour cream who have just received a delivery of cream. (laughs) Uh, Yes, that's my, my tweet of the week. Excellent. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Right. Can you uh, oh, it's, tell it's, everyone? It's me now, isn't it? The bit in red. That's my bit, isn't it? Oh, mm-hmm. dear. I'm so yeah. slick. Yeah. Uh, remember. Th- it used to be my bit. It used to be my bit, but it, somehow it's ah. been changed around. So, so well, yeah. Don't I'll know do, how. I'll do it. It's I'll your bit. It. Anyway. I'll really sell it. Okay, you ready? <clears throat> Remember, right. to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203-031-3105 to leave a message. Thanks. How marvellous. We'll be, we'll be inundated for our 300th episode. <laughs> well, you're just naturally talented, aren't you? Right then, folks, you can find Yokel Bear at Dumpty Dum on Twitter. That's at Dumpty Dum, all one word. And you can find Angela at... At Angela Barnes. 
And I can be found at Naked Fingers. Well, I keep meaning to ask you, where did Naked Fingers come from? Well, um, actually, it's really innocent because people think it's a bit naughty. But um, Mm. I think it's when I I started learning the guitar uh, about 20 years ago. And Mm -hmm. I'm still not, yeah, I'm I'm rubbish at it. Are you as good a gym as is on the piano? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just awful at it. But... um, I so I bought this guitar and I, I didn't use a plectrum. I just played it with my bare fingers because I yeah. found that easier. And that so when I had need for a Twitter handle, I um. chose the name Naked Fingers for some. And I'm sure that's why. And it's nothing to do with definitely not really anything rude. Good. No, it's Good. not rude. It's got the word naked in it. It's got the word fingers, but there's there's nothing you know untoward <laughs> about that it. That is completely innocent. Yeah, it's because I always wear fingerless gloves when I'm working down the market, <laughs> selling dodgy crockery out the back of a transit. <laughs> That's why. Oh, bless your heart. Right. Right then. That's Do it. we wrap this up? Oh. I think we will. Um, and by the way, seeing as it is my birthday tomorrow, whatever you do, uh, thanks for remembering, Angela. And I mean, you're always mentioning your birthday. Thing to blow. <laughs> we oh, have. Yeah. I've, I've got you one got here. Right. Yay! Happy birthday, Robert. There we are. Thank you. Thank you very much. I can't uh, I you can send postal orders to me. Uh, care of oxford university <laughs> nothing lower than a 10 thank you very much and with that we bid you farewell Ta-ra! a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.